You're listening to a podcast from St. Bart's. To find out more about our church or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com.au. Well, it would be great to keep your Bibles open to Acts chapter 2 as we continue in our mission series. But first, let's pray. Gracious Father, by the power of your spirit and your word given to us, please shape us in the likeness of your son that we would grow into the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, we began a new series exploring our mission here at St. Bart's. We looked at making disciples, but as our mission is making and maturing disciples, today we're focusing on the second part, maturing disciples. If you've ever tried gardening, maybe like Hannah, you'll know the eager anticipation of watching, waiting, watering, and the joy of finally seeing that seedling emerge from the soil. See new life grow and flourish in a garden is pretty exciting. And yet, when it comes to Christian maturity, following Jesus and growing in his likeness, we might not have the same level of excitement and joy. It might feel a bit more like a classroom, daunting, unnecessary, boring, or only for the gifted. And there might not just be one moment, because growing maturity is continuous and it's ongoing. When we talk about maturity as disciples of Jesus, it might be useful to first unpack what it is not. Maturity is not optional. It's not just for a few. Maturity is not an entry pass that has to be earned first. Maturity is not a sign of worthiness where you have to worry if you're smart enough or good enough. Maturity is not just about knowledge, where the person who learns the most is the best. Rather, growing in maturity is part of responding to the gospel. In a similar way that babies grow up and don't really get a choice in the matter, for Christians, growing up is part of the deal. And also, like babies, growing up is equally natural and requires a bit of effort. Growing maturity as Christians is for everyone. It is part of obedience to Jesus that we would be taught and obey all that he commanded. It is necessary for the mission of the church that our understanding strengthens, shapes and fuels our participation in God's mission. And it reflects our future, that we begin to be shaped like Jesus, in whose likeness we will be finally transformed into. All throughout the New Testament letters, we see communities and individuals wrestling with maturing as disciples of Jesus. And today, we're going to zoom into a particular moment in the early church, as recorded in the book of Acts. Here we see that growing maturity as a disciple 
is ingathered community, enabled by the spirit, and by living it out. First, maturing as a disciple is in gathered community. At this moment in Acts, the Holy Spirit was given. The message of Jesus' death and resurrection was proclaimed. People responded and new Christians gathered. So we pick up from verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Immediately after 3,000 in bustling Jerusalem accept Jesus as their Lord, they gathered together. They gathered together for teaching, for fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. Likely this is an outline of what the earliest gatherings of God, the people of God included, the regular activities that they did together. The four key elements were the apostles' teaching, teaching from those who had been with Jesus, from his baptism to his resurrection, fellowship, sharing their lives and sharing their resources, breaking of bread, likely the practice that Jesus had given the disciples at the Last Supper, and prayers, possibly including the very prayer that Jesus had taught the disciples. Note here that it wasn't just some people who picked one or two things that they liked, but together, this new group of believers devoted themselves to these things. To be devoted is to persist and persevere in, in an ongoing way, like you might be devoted to your career. But these brand new Christians were not devoted to their own success, but prioritised gathering together. They didn't do it because they just had no other plans or because it met all of their criteria but to take their part in worshipping their resurrected Lord and be built up, reminded, spurred on, stretched and growing in the good news to keep on living as a disciple of Jesus. In Acts, we see that no one is trying to be a disciple on their own. From the earliest of Christianity, it was almost immediately the normative pattern that the first Christians gathered together. Often in our culture, we default to an individual understanding of faith and, of course, individually accepting Jesus as your Lord is central. But you cannot be a Christian by yourself. Following Jesus is being in Christ and therefore it's being part of his body. And his body is made up of many other Christians. And many of the disciplines we see that grow us as disciples also happen when we are with others. So let's have a look at the fruit of this community from verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. This picture of the gathered people of God overflows with joy, genuine care and generosity. It is not a mandate for everyone to move in together or support communist movements. Rather, we see here there is intention to meet together, an awareness of need and a readiness to make available their own property and possessions for others. There is an overflowing joy that is both directed to God and towards each other. This is a pretty idyllic picture. And we know from the letters in the New Testament and the challenges soon to be faced by the church in Acts that difficulties and disagreements will erupt internally. But throughout history, that hasn't changed the pattern embraced by God's gathered people, perhaps makes it all the more important, the continuous devotion to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. That our gathered community would be one of the primary places we mature as disciples. Just have a think about your own journey of faith. Who has been significant in nurturing you as a disciple of Jesus? And keeping that person in mind, what context shaped them? I didn't grow up going to church, and so my first experience of church was as a young adult. At that point, I thought that faith was a fairly solo endeavour, and I really just didn't see the point of church. But when I was invited along by others, the thing that really stuck out to me was seeing the Christians that I had met actually enjoy spending time together. I couldn't believe that they were actually friends. And it soon became evident that I hadn't just stumbled upon a few proactive Christians, but that they were part of a whole community that spurred each other on. Second, our growth as disciples is not up to our own effort but enabled by the Spirit. So verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. If we decided to go through the account and acts and remove all the work of the Holy Spirit, then we wouldn't be left with much. Maybe at this point, we would just have the disciples huddled together in prayer. But the Spirit does come, just as Jesus promised, fulfilling Scripture, transforming hearts, and directing the movement of the church. We can know his, the movement of the Spirit and his power is woven all throughout Acts and the story of the early church. We can know that maturing as disciples is not dependent on our personality or our gifts, for God, the Holy Spirit, 
indwells all believers and is the power through which we grow and mature. The signs and wonders performed by the apostles were not magic tricks, but the work of God. At this critical moment in the life of the church, where new things were emerging at a rapid rate, the signs and wonders underscore the authority of the apostles. Just as Jesus was recognised by signs and wonders, the apostles show that they too follow Jesus and that their acts also proved that they were his authorised agents. Now, whilst our role isn't the same as the apostles, Jesus promises that every disciple will be given the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the spirit of truth. In John's gospel, Jesus tells us, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. But when he the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Being transformed into the likeness of God requires the very work of God. We need God's power to know all that he has done in Christ and be transformed into God's likeness. On one hand, that means growing as a disciple is not just an intellectual pursuit. If you haven't already noticed, there's quite a gap between humans and God. And so it's fairly ridiculous to assume that we alone can just think our way to be like Jesus. And the early disciples are a pretty good litmus test. Jesus' criteria clearly wasn't just intellectual prowess, but he chose and used all sorts of people. Fishermen, soldiers, those who were sick and homeless, to follow him and thus begin the journey of growing as a disciple. On the other hand, the work of the Spirit doesn't mean we never do anything. The Spirit is not a free pass just to sit back and expect that you'll just wake up a little bit more like Jesus. And the Spirit does not tend to work in autopilot, but rather empowers and shapes our desires, partners with our actions. We are free to think for ourselves, but we have a powerful companion who longs that we grow into the people that we are designed to be. The trajectory of our maturity is to grow up into the fullness of Christ. Paul describes this in Ephesians chapter 4, where Christ himself intends that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The trajectory of maturity is not just for the individual, but is part of the whole body of Christ. It includes knowledge of the Son of God and sometimes what we find tricky, unity in the faith. It is a comprehensive and a lofty standard that we would attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
our Lord who holds and sustains the universe, who created all things. He is the one that we are to grow into. So it's no wonder that we need the Spirit's help. So how do we partner more actively with the Spirit's work in our lives? Maybe it is realising it is not all up to you. And patiently trusting that God's Spirit is at work in both the challenges and joys that God has placed you in. Maybe it is taking off the autopilot and actively seeking ways to grow in knowledge and love. Serving and small groups could be a really great place to start. Or maybe it is just pausing to reflect on how God's Spirit has already been shaping you over the last few months or even over the last few years. And if you're not sure, you could just ask someone. Being reminded of the Spirit's work in us already can spur us on as we continue to follow Jesus. Growing maturity as a disciple is enabled by the Spirit. And finally, growing maturity as a disciple is by living it out. So picking up from verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amongst the newest followers of Jesus who were growing in maturity in gathered community, enabled by the Spirit, in a very public and visible way. As they met in the temple courts, people would have seen them. Even eating together in homes would have had a public element where people could walk in and see what was happening. The early Christians didn't hide away, just inwardly focusing on their own growth. But following Jesus with others was lived out in a public way. Notice that this wasn't something they just did sometimes or only on a Sunday, but it was continuous. Every day they continued to meet, share their lives and grow as followers of Jesus. Every day presents new opportunities to grow in maturity. And the response to their public faith and continuous discipleship was that they enjoyed the favour of all the people. A community that was growing in maturity was attractive to those looking in. Growing in maturity was not a barrier for people to become disciples. Like you can just have one and not the other. But the Lord grew the size of the church just as the disciples grew in maturity. Now, it wouldn't be very helpful if the public faith of the church was full of envy, corruption and greed. And sadly, we have many negative examples of the church in recent times. 
So clearly public faith of any sort is not enough. It must reflect the goodness of Jesus and be brought into line with his teachings, his character and his purposes for the world. Therefore, it isn't surprising that obedience is part of the Great Commission. Jesus commissioned the disciples and, to, and us to therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We're not alone to figure out what Jesus' teachings were, but our guide to obedience is the very word of God. As Paul writes, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible then has a distinct role in our maturing as disciples. It's why here at St. Bards, we are committed to reading, learning, growing, delighting and obeying God's word across all ages and into different languages. In scripture, we come to know and love God, are formed by his character and purposes and take our part in his continued mission. As the bishop and scholar Tom Wright notes, the idea of reading a book in order to be energised for the task of mission is not a distraction, but flows directly from the fact that we are humans made in God's image and that as we hear his word and obey his call, we are able to live out our calling to reflect the creator into his world. Growing maturity is not primarily for our own ends, but is part of God's purposes, and it's meant to be shared. Maturity is expressed in building up the church and sharing it with others. In Acts, we see the, the more the new disciples come to understand God's love towards them, the more they live out that understanding, sharing what they have to and for the church. And maturity is also shared outward, that disciples wouldn't just focus on other Christians, but that they shared their greatest joy with others, that those who don't know Jesus would come to follow him too. One of the greatest continuous encouragements for me is to see disciples who have followed Jesus for many decades still hunger and delight to know him more, respond so readily to the Spirit's work in their lives and so generously share their lives amongst us and on their front line. If you count yourself as a disciple of Jesus, then you already have a context in which to grow, the local church. You already have the power through which you will grow, the Holy Spirit, and you have opportunities to live it out every day. I really want to encourage every one of us in 2024 that we would make growing maturity a priority of the year. 
It might look like taking some time this week to plan and pray about what that might include. Our mission is to make and mature disciples of Jesus Christ for God's glory. It is something we take up together that is enabled by the Spirit and that is lived out. So let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you that you long for us to be like Jesus, that you have sent us your Spirit to help us and placed us amongst your people. By the power of your Spirit, please continue to be at work in our lives every day, shaping us individually and as a community to reflect and grow into all the fullness of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This has been a podcast from St. Bart's. To learn more or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com. Dot A U